Welcome to Culture Factor. I'm your host, Holly Shannon. Our new season looks at creators, innovators, and entrepreneurs. Why? Because the gig economy is emerging. Talent has gone to work for themselves. Whether furloughed or part of the great resignation, they've birthed the big idea, and those 57 million Americans are contributing more than $1 trillion to the U.S. economy annually. This is what the new normal looks like. You now have a front row seat to creator culture and into the places where the magic is being made. Subscribe now to Culture Factor so your ears are treated to some of the best stories around the world. And if you take the time to rate, review, and share this, please send me the screenshot and I'll give you a shout out on my show. Please reach out if you'd like to sponsor Culture Factor. It is your opportunity to be a part of a show that is ranked in the top 2% globally and heard in over 77 countries. Email holly at hollyshannon.com to be a part of this global audience. Hello, Alexandra Fosilu, and welcome to Culture Factor. How are you today? I'm good, Holly. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm so happy to have you back on the show because so much has happened to you since we spoke last. Would you like to give everybody a little intro? Yeah, um, I do a lot of things. I'm a crazy person. Um, I am a freelance writer. I am an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner, podcast host, author. Um, I clearly like to punish myself with too much work, um, but I... I now manage a pretty large um, social media brand dedicated to educating regarding freelancing, the gig economy, side hustles, and this is kind of a new thing for me because I've been freelance writing the last seven years now, and I definitely find myself in this new funny influencer role that I'm not really used to, but I'm trying to embrace uh every bit of it that comes my way. I'm starting to get more like defensive of other influencers of all the bad things people say, because I see it's not easy work. It, it is not uh, what it appears to be at all. It's uh, so interesting. I'm, I, you know, I want to make sure that I lay the groundwork here. So you did say you've been doing this for seven years. So this is not overnight, everybody. Like being a freelancer is not like overnight. You're on CNBC and you're making money and you have influence. It's not overnight. And even if you start with influence and you work back, you still have to do the work to create content, to create something sustainable. So then I'm going to actually jump into how you've diversified so let's talk about that a little bit, what you started with and how it grew. Could I ask you to share that timeline? Yeah. Uh, so it started with just me and Fiverr basically in 2015, uh, freelancing on there, selling freelance writing for, oh, about, I, I would say four to five years uh, before I even started posting about it in any capacity. So from 2015 to 2019, it was very quiet, just me freelance writing every day. I started to get some news coverage for the earnings that I was making on Fiverr because in 2018, I started to make um, six figures doing it, which was crazy. I was 25 at the time. So uh, naturally, some news channels and places were like, this is nuts. Can we cover this? I was like, okay, sure. And um, when I had my first article blow up in 2018 and I had no personal website, no product to sell, and nothing good on my Instagram to welcome in all of these people who found me. That was kind of like a wake-up call to me that day of, um, 
I need to care about more than just freelance writing on Fiverr. Clearly like I, oops, like I just missed out on selling a product to 20,000 people. So 2019 was really when I kicked my own ass with it and um, started to care about social media and becoming more conscious of what I was posting on my channels, trying to take better pictures. Uh, it's now all about video, but back in 2019, it was still about the photos. And then, um, yeah, 2020, I downloaded TikTok, which definitely changed everything for me. TikTok put my story on the map in a social media sense. It really got me out there to people and, and people really started to learn about me, my story, Fiverr, that you can make a lot of money online. And um, really in the last year or so, the brand that started as just me as a freelance writer has become, you know, Alex Fasulo LLC, which which includes um, brand partnerships, sponsorships, social media, uh, affiliate links. You know, it's kind of blown up almost into this social media brand that's bigger than me. You know, the freelance fairy is my like alter ego that I created that has... Um, kind of grown into something much bigger than just me and Fiverr, which has been really uh, cool to see. And you've handled it so well. It's, I mean, <laughs> I've, been, I've been following you in the short term, I should say, because I haven't known you that long. Um, we had met on Clubhouse just a few months ago, mm -hmm. and I was immediately drawn to your generosity and your warmth, and I just thought you were such an incredible individual. And then- Aww. As I started following you, I was like, she's so cool too. <laughs> like she's so giving. <laughs> you're always giving of information. Like you're not, you don't hold it all, you know, close to the chest. You're like, you want to help other people. And I think that's what's so interesting that you almost fell into influence. So mm -hmm. all of the the good parts of Alex, like all of the generosity and all that stuff was already built into you. So you didn't, that's like how you operated coming out of the gate as a social influencer. Yeah, I, that's a good way to put it. It definitely just kind of like fell onto my lap. I did not go seeking it out um, at all. Now that I have it, I'm, I'm taking it very seriously. I'm putting a lot of time into it. I'm appreciating the opportunity basically that came my way. But yeah, I did not orchestrate be, being an influencer. And, and there's nothing wrong with the people who do do that um, because there is a lot of opportunity and money to be made with it. But I'm, I'm a uh, accidental influencer, which is a story of my life, basically, because I'm also an accidental freelancer uh, because it, it happened because I quit a job that I hated. So that's a, that's a big theme in my life. Um, I just wait for these random things to fall on my lap and I embrace them and I check them out. And I think that's uh, something I always try to impart to people, not to be scared of new opportunities because you have no idea how much it could change your life if you just step out of your comfort zone for like five minutes. It's funny you say that because I always say that I'm a serial reluctant entrepreneur because yeah, so many situations that have like forced me to explore things. So I think it's really great that people know that you can head into this um, like a deer in the headlights. And yeah. you should because, you know, if you don't take a few risks, you don't gain something. And the worst thing that happens is you gain some knowledge that's not quite for you, right? Right. Uh, so I think it's really good that you did that. Um, what I do want to say to people is that, you know, being influential is also not all – 
beautiful either. You know, sure, you get sponsorships and people send you things for free and maybe you make some money off of it if you handle it correctly. Um, But I happened to be in a live room on Instagram with Alex when she was bombarded by some really hateful people. Um, And what did you do with that? Like, that was so interesting. All right. First of all, I should say to watch you navigate it from the outside in, you are a rock star. Um, I'm, I think I would have cur- <laughs> curled up and cried. Um, but how you how you handled it afterwards? I'd like you to share with everybody. Yeah, it's um, embracing the hate online is a work in progress for me. I think it is for anyone, and I really didn't get intense hate online until about April of last year when my first video on TikTok went viral of my earnings on Fiverr. Um, I'm naive. So I'm thinking, you know, who, who cares? It's not like I'm posting that I make $10 million per year. Uh, but I learned early on last year that people really don't, uh, like when you post that you make good money, especially if you're a young woman, they hate it. Um, so I've been slowly embracing it, but yeah, I mean, every day it's not easy. Uh, I almost find that this new role I've stepped into involves some acting in a way, um, because when I'm live, you're, you know, you're on stage. So, uh, if someone's writing down below, you know, you should go die and all this stuff. Um, you have to like, it's like you're a politician almost. You have to still be like, that's okay. Even though in your head, you're like, wow, who is this loser? (laughs) Um, but you have to like refrain from saying that. So I definitely feel like in the last year I've developed my like public speaking acting skills have had to develop with this. Um, Because if people see you admitting emotionalism to these people, they feed off of that. So you you have to be very stoic almost. Uh, And then when I get off of there, I think it's it's important for me that I unplug then and I go on a walk. And for me, you know, when you're in these tech devices, when you're when you're in your phone, it feels like the whole world's connected. Everyone's watching you. They're waiting for you to fail. You know all this stuff. But then when you get off the phone, you realize it's just the phone and this is my actual reality. Like this is my physical reality on the walk, on my street, I'm in my house. And I think sometimes we get caught up in these phones where it feels like we're all, you know, we're connected to everyone. Everyone's watching, but it's like, if the phones ever went away, you're just back to real life again. So I try and like immerse in real life still. Well, you know, you've tethered yourself really in a strong way to um, making a home for yourself so that you feel like you have your safe space and creating um, a way for you to channel stress with your walks. And you also have um, a very strong bond with your family. I've seen you post Mm -hmm. it often with your sister and your mother um, Mm -hmm. and your spirituality. So I think you have created, you know, while people are creating content pillars, Alex is creating her pillars of strength all around her. So when like the haters come, you're able to shut that off and lean against one of those, if not all of them. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great way to put it. I've never thought of it like that, but yeah, I have created those pillars because you have to, or you mm-hmm. won't make it um, if you are that publicly out there on these apps. So yeah, that's a great way to put it. Um, I definitely need those support systems when it gets really tough. Or like when that CNBC video came out in March, I had um, 
not death threats, but I had creepy people threatening to come find me. And, you know, all that stuff is really unsettling, especially as a small woman. Like, I'm short. I'm just like a small woman. So it's like, and I'm alone. Um, so when people start making those threats to, like, physical safety, that's really tough for me. Um, and it scares me. So, you know, it's it's in those moments that I... I know I need my mom. I need my sister. I need everyone like all hands on deck uh, to help me. My best friend Bree is great about it too. So I always say to people, yeah, you got to get your support team in place. You have to, because it's, it's not easy out here on social media. It's true. It's true. Um, and, but I see Rocky, your bouncer in the background there. So if anybody's hearing this, she's got protection now. So you know. <laughs> Exactly. I'm not here alone at my house. <laughs> I'm often asked, does my business need a podcast? My answer is yes, that nothing else is the fast track into thought leadership and being established and seen as the expert in your industry as podcasting. What's increasingly evident is that it's a branding machine. It kicks doors open for you to have conversations with leaders. It creates a pathway to partnerships and connections on a deeper level. You will not be your industry's best kept secret. Your ideas and business will have global reach. So step into your power. Go to hollyshannon.com to launch your podcast now. And now back to our interview. So um, I don't want to talk about all negative stuff because I really want to focus on how amazing you are. And I want to bring to light many things. Like for example, because we're fellow podcasters, I was so excited to see you uh, launch uh, Freelance Fairy Tales, which is an awesome name. And you are up in the ranks, everybody. She's globally ranked in the top 2.5% now. Um, and Wait, I'm really? Sure- yes. I wanted to share that with you. I looked it up. I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm really excited. Yep. See, just want to share that with you. So um, I'm really excited for that. And uh, we will have a link to that in the show notes because anybody who is looking to go on this journey needs to catch up on all of her uh, back uh, episodes because she has a lot of good information there. I've been listening to her. She's been doing solo moderation um, and just Mm -hmm. trying to get as much content out there I believe going forward, you're you're going to be interviewing. Did I read that correctly somewhere? Yeah, my guy's editing my last episode for the season right now. It should be out today. And then I'm going to take a break until September because I'm going to be traveling and everything. But then starting in September, I want to get a dedicated studio space, get all the proper backdrops and everything and do it the right way and start having guests on because I do think... I don't really see any other podcasts that focus on freelancing like at all. So I think I have a good, a unique opportunity here to um, interview some of the amazing people I've gotten to know in my Facebook group. Like there's 13 year olds, 16 year olds in India and whatnot, making thousands of dollars on Fiverr. So I'm really excited to interview these teens and people and adults and everyone. And cause I don't really feel like it's been done before. I think it's great. I'm really happy for you. I, I think it's a, a great angle. Um, I'm not sure you need all the studio stuff. So if you want to save yourself some money there, we could chat about that. But um, okay. <laughs> as an I'll aside, accept that. yeah, there you go. Because um, I, I want you to save your money. So that being right. said, <laughs> let's talk if we could about 
um, saving money. Let's talk about diversifying assets. You've done a really good job of looking at that angle, whereas a lot of people, they get a little fearful, like, okay, I go out on my Mm -hmm. own. Now what? So I'm doing this and I'm making money, but how, you know, how do I put money aside for insurance and taxes? And, you know, well, do I just do this? How do I diversify? Like, what are some of those avenues? You've done a really good job of talking about that uh, across social media and providing access to that. But I'd love for you, I'd love for people to hear on this podcast because I have also another audience that this is jumping out to. And uh, I think it's really important to know that you need to do that uh, to feel as though you're on solid ground. Yeah, it's funny because I see so many people refrain from jumping into the gig economy over health insurance and taxes. And understandably so, you know, those aren't small things. But I I say to people, why are you even worrying about taxes on income you haven't even made yet? Um, The taxes is easy. You you can, you know, if you're making money that you're going to be taxed on, that's a great thing. That means you made money that you're going to be taxed on. So don't ever stress the tax part of it. You know, pay estimated quarterly payments like I do if you want to make sure you're staying on top of what you owe. I'm a big, big accountant proponent. Um, they they pay for themselves with how they help you do your taxes, especially as a self-employed person. There's many different deductions and things that you have no idea about uh, that are in place to help you excel because you're creating jobs in the economy. You know, the tax stuff, when people get worried about that, I'm like, you are doing the analysis paralysis thing right now. Um, the health insurance thing, I understand. That's that's no funny thing. And I say to people, you know, there's there's two options here. If you're at a job that currently gives you health insurance, please spend six to 12 months getting this all set up before you quit it. You know, you don't just do what I did where you dive in head first with no health insurance with nothing. I'm not ever advocating for that. So I would say, like, please hang around at your nine to five first while you get this all set up. But I just I think people don't realize that I can only speak for the United States that we have a health insurance marketplace in our country and it's set up per state as of like eight years ago or something. And, um, you just, you can go buy your own health insurance and there's a variety of plans. You can, you can, um, sort it at the top for your budget even. So if you know, you can't afford more than $400 per month, you put that rate as a parameter at the top. Um, so I, I encourage people to go check out, you know, healthcare.gov before they quit their job. Um, you know, like check out the and plan that's that you think is going to work for you, your family that you can pay for. Take your time to shop uh, and then, you know, then quit and dive into it. But I do. People believe that, oh, if they're an entrepreneur, they'll have no health insurance. And um, that upsets me when people say that because I'm like, I have health insurance. People will write all this mean stuff. They'll be like, easy for you to say because you're healthy and young. I'm like, you have no idea about my health, random person. And um, I I use my health insurance often. <laughs> I am not someone that does not use it. So uh, I, I try and help people get over that fear. Excellent. I'm glad we, we dove into that a little bit because I think um, people don't realize how accessible all of that is mm-hmm. as a freelancer. Um, and I know we're, we're in this, the tail end of our interview because I know you have something else to jump off. So um, I do want to focus on just a couple more things. Uh, yeah. First of all, you are about to embark on a six-week, is it? Four-week. Four-week, four week, sorry. Yeah. Four-week <laughs> 
freelance fairy trails adventure uh, work. I shouldn't just say adventure, although it is yeah. all wrapped into that. So a lot of people talk about being a digital nomad. Um, you're inserting yourself into that world um, to give yourself the benefits of um, traveling, which I know is near and dear to your heart. It's something that you've always done. So do you want to share a little bit about that? And, um, cause I think people might want to, uh, see you along the way or hear from you along the way. So you want to share that? <laughs> yeah, I, um, I have always wanted to go on a road trip, a U.S. road trip. And I always said to my best friend, Brie, I was like, if you ever quit your job, we are going on a road trip because she hasn't been able to. She's been working at a corporate job. So as fate would have it, you know, she quit her job, is now working with me, ironically. And I was like, all right, we we promised if we were ever going to do this, we would do it. So uh, me being me, I was like, so we're doing it. I'm planning it. It's happening. Um, So yeah, it's a four-week road trip around the U.S. to 16 different states. And we are organizing, doing a bunch of stuff from showcasing digital nomad-friendly businesses. We're going to make lists of all this so people can have it in different states. So if you're a digital nomad, you know, you could replicate this road trip. You can know exactly where you're going to get your Wi-Fi and everything. Um, We also have tours lined up at about six different co-working spaces. So I'll just be like capturing content there again for the people who follow me to see, uh, to learn more about the different things that are available to them that they didn't know. And then I also, I haven't lined this up yet for my own safety, but I am looking to connect with some videographers in the bigger cities I go to and potentially have random people uh, come in and and I sit down with them and like set them up with freelancing and and prove how um, accessible it is to the world. And then besides that's the work part of it. Besides that, it's just going to be fun. I'm bringing the cat. I'm going to just have a blast. I love doing uh, off the beaten path things. Um, so I'm I'm really excited. It's probably going to be exhausting, but amazing at the same time is what I'm picturing. Oh, for sure. I, I think yeah. actually um, you should keep a very separate journal for this. This is my advice. You can take it or leave it. Keep a very separate journal for this because that's going to be your second book or your third. Um, oh, beca- okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Keep it separate because... I mean, we could still share along the way with everything you put on social media, but I think um, Freelance Fairy Trails in four weeks would be a really cool book too for you. So, um, and I really wish you were coming to DC because I would love to hang out with you here. There's lots of co-working spaces, but maybe I'll (laughs) – I might catch you in Nashville. I still have to look at those dates, but um, I'm I'm hopeful. My There's thing a- is, because I'm from the Northeast, you know, and I, before I knew you, I was in DC, New York, Boston, all of it constantly for 27 years. So I'm like, okay, mm. on this road trip, like I've already seen all of the Northeast extensively. Yeah. No. Um, I'm from the Northeast too, so I know I, I don't need to go look at you know the same thing either. Although DC <laughs> DC would be considered more mid Atlantic, just in argument's true. sake there. But true, all right, true. I do get it. If you've already been here, it doesn't feel like an adventure, even though <laughs> I know all the cool places to go. But that's okay. Um, so the other thing I want to talk about um, before we're done is I want to talk about. Um, you are enlarging your operation by bringing your best friend in. And, um, but I see in the creator economy, 
which is how I'm rebranding my podcast going into my next season. And that's why you're here, because I feel like you're such a critical component of that, like a, a great example of that. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about partnerships, because I really believe that uh, this new creator economy that's emerging as people take their chances out there, um, they are creating partnerships with people um, so that they could still be autonomous, but at the same time, it's it's almost like a, a different network system. Like everybody always told you, you have to network, you have to connect, you have to build your community. But to me, I feel like that's almost arbitrary. Um, and I feel like you're being very... Um, um, it's like you're taking a surgical scalpel to it. Like you're being very cautious, but very exacting in building who your partnerships are with. And you're building like a network that lets you almost appear like a bigger agency or something. Am I wrong in that? Or, or, or is that your goal? No, no, you're exactly correct. And it's, um, it's funny because I just read the company of one, the four hour work week and the $100 startup and all three of those books talk about the exact same thing, which is today, you don't need employees, you don't need official legal partnerships, you don't need any of the stuff that can create more risk for you with um, money, with legalities and everything. Um, you can just be a company of one and create, you know, a spokes, like a network of uh, independent contractors around you that you access as you need them. But still, at the end of the day, it is just you. So my LLC is a sole proprietorship LLC. You know, it, it is still just me. And um, Brie, I have not hired her as an employee or she is not on that LLC with me because I would feel horrible if anyone ever comes from me one day, you know, if her name's on there because I would feel horrible about that. So um, she is my full-time assistant when I say that, meaning I, she's still an independent contractor because you just don't need to take on the liabilities of having employees anymore. Plus, I like the agility of it where if I want to like wax or wane or if like I want to grow or shrink certain departments at certain times, you just can because um, you haven't hired these people. And so many things change in business, so many things in the landscape. Uh, there could be a new social media app in four months that's going to change everything again that we have no idea about. And I like to be able to like pivot or be ready for whatever is coming and not be like bogged down with the official structure. So yeah, I, I give off probably a like fake agency vibe when it's still just me and a bunch of independent contractors. And we. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely we. She, she's locked outside right now because otherwise she'd be screaming in here. <laughs> the cat's so funny. I love all your posts with the cat. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, the new iterations that come with your new season on your podcast and your book that you're working on, which I'm really excited to, to learn more about. That might be an offline conversation for us at some point. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, so I'm really excited. So what I'd love to do is I'd love to um, – end this with a few rapid fire little questions because you're really good at sharing different aspects of yourself. And so um, I think people would enjoy this and they're really late. So no worries. Okay. So what song is on repeat this week? Oh, um, Surefire by Will Dorado. <laughs> I, I listen to really crazy indie music. So um People have probably never heard of that band or that song, but go listen to it because it's a masterpiece. 
Excellent. And are you going to catch them live on your ferry trails? Oh, I don't, you know what? I haven't even checked if I'm going to cross over with bands. That's a genius. I need to write this down. You've said so many things that I want to go, because I write everything down and I'm refraining until this is done. So there's no like typing in here. (laughs) You got to go old school and get a notebook. Yeah, I know. I think I do. (laughs) Um, Now I happen to know, and probably a lot of other people that you're shopping for land, because that's one of the ways you're diversifying your assets is real estate. Um, What's the first thing you'll do when you find it? So I was shopping for land for weeks and I have kind of paused doing that down here in Southwest Florida because it is a jungle. There are alligators and crocodiles and snakes. And I saw a spider the other day, literally this big. And I'm from the tundra. So I'm used to like moose and wolves and bears. Like I'm not into like this tropical wildlife is scaring me a little bit. Um, So I paused the land search and I'm actually now thinking about getting a condo where I don't have to do anything to take care of it because the 65-year-old home I am in has kicked my ass the last four months, Mm. (laughs) Um, getting it all up to speed and everything. So for the asset side, I'm actually now thinking about uh, a condo, unless I see land that on my travels on the freelance ferry trails, that is not where an alligator can bite my ankle. I may buy it as well. So the first thing that I would do on that is put two Airstream trailers on it, turn them into Airbnbs, and then start growing some type of food on it. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> I I I love like organic gardens and things like that. I'm yeah, always going to the farmer's markets. Me stuff. too, me too. So um, favorite food on the road? Um... <laughs> You're going to laugh. Probably jerky. (laughs) Jerky. (laughs) It's really, it's like, it's such a good, um, because I I hike a lot. So whenever I'm on the road, I feel really bad for the people who come with me because I'll be like, oh my gosh, look at that. Let's go hike it. And then they'll be like, oh, there's no trail. And I'll be like, that's okay. We're going to, and I'll just like pull the car. I'm very spontaneous, probably to an annoying level to some people. Um, so having jerky is like the best food to have in the car. If you're just going to spontaneously go like hike for six hours. I love that. I absolutely didn't see that coming. (laughs) I'm thinking of like all the restaurants. So for me, when I'm traveling, I'm like looking for the best taco or the best ice cream. (laughs) You're like jerky. I love that. Oh my God. This is such a weird answer, but it's true. Do you like to cook? (laughs) That was actually my next question, but. No, not really. No, I hate cooking. I hate it. All right. Fair I enough. have tried to like it. My my Italian grandma was into it. I think she kind of shoved it down me and my sister's throats a little too hard where we almost got like this to the cooking. Um, there is there is nothing domestic in my genetic DNA. Nothing. Wow. Um, I didn't see I that coming. That. Yeah. No, okay. I, I own that. I mean, if I have to cook, I can. Um, I hate cleaning. So I, I always have a cleaner. That's like, mm-hmm. that's like a necessity for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate doing laundry. 
Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You are very anti-domestic. I, I am. <laughs> I am. It's like, yeah, I, I at least have an awareness of it, though. That's what I always say. At least I'm aware of it. Well, you take the measures to have somebody else help you or whatever, and you're helping support another freelancer. So I think that's a exactly. Thing. I, you know, exactly. I I don't like to garden. Like I love organic vegetables. So I honor farmers by going to the markets and buying the goods that they put all that love into. So we all have our yeah. ways that we do it, right? Exactly. I'm the same way. Alex, you're amazing and so sweet <laughs> and so enjoyable to chat with. And I know you have to jump on to something else. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart for the time that you took and the patience at the top of this interview that we ran into a few little technical glitches. So thank you. Oh, please. So Anything for you, Holly. Um, anyone listening, Holly's amazing. She kind of came out of left field into my life and I feel like is almost like a like an old friend of mine that's just like there if I ever need anything. And um, I haven't read your book yet, but I'm bringing it on the trails and I will be reading it. But you know what's funny? My mom read it. My mom read it already. Yay, Yay mom. Yeah. She's so My cool. mom was like, she said she was like, because my mom doesn't know anything about podcasting, but she's like, I can tell that this is the only book you would ever need if you want to get into podcasting. So that was a review from my mom. I love that. Can we post that like on Amazon yeah. and Instagram or whatever? Any help you I can know. give me because you're like so good at all the social and I am so not. <laughs> I will. I'll tell her. I'll tell her to go do that. Actually, she will. My mom's great with that stuff. Oh, well, I hope you enjoy reading it. And maybe if our paths cross, we can chat about it. I know we've been slowly working on your podcast a little bit now. You don't really need any help from Holly Shannon. You kind of got it down. So, um, you uh, know. I don't know. Well, <laughs> we'll talk about your setup. Soon. Yeah, We'll exactly. talk about your setup next. <laughs> exactly. No, I know. But thank right. you, Holly. This was fun. No, thank you so much for coming on Culture Factor. And I wish you happy trails on the freelance fairy trails. And we will be in contact, I'm sure, through Instagram because you and I always have our little chats there. So I look forward to that. Absolutely. All right. Well, you have a great week and a great trip. Thank you, Holly. 